0: Hey, everyone, this is Joe Turner, host of City Manager Unfiltered, and I have four quick announcements before we hop into the main episode this week. Next week on the 26th, I'm going to drop an episode that I did with a city manager who'd been working to get a sitcom made in his own town about city management life. So this uh, documentary filmmaker artist who moonlights as a city manager (laughs) has been trying to get this off the ground for several years, and they're going to be shooting a pilot in the next couple months. They've already publicly announced a casting call. It looks like it's moving forward. Him and I, we had a banger of an episode. You're going to really enjoy it. So we're going to talk about development of the situational comedy as well as the projects he's working on. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy that one. Uh, My second announcement is that we got this idea of doing a live podcast down in Austin during the ICMA conference. I am trying to gauge what level of interest there is. This is a a last minute short notice type deal. Obviously we're kind of under the gun to do this. If we're going to get a venue and we've got to figure out what the costs are going to be and so forth and so on. So if you're interested in meeting up with me and checking out a live podcast, where I'm going to bring on some possibly bring on some heavy hitters and have like a networking event and put some faces to names and just start building some relationships and building that community I've been talking about. Uh, please check out the show notes because I'm going to have a form where you can sign up to uh, convey your interest or your level of interest. Okay, so I need you if you're really interested in doing that, you need to hit that form, fill it out because if I do not have enough interest or I just it's shaky, I just can't I can't run the risk of putting the money out there if I do not know if I'm going to get the turnout. Okay, especially on this short notice. Um, the third announcement I want to make is that uh, Brandon Holland, uh, he invited me to be on his podcast called Lead Well. Uh, I had a great time with him. We did record the episode this week, and it's going to be dropping on Thursday. So that tomorrow, uh, from the date of this episode, is being released. So check that out. It's available on all the major uh, uh, podcasting platforms. And finally, I'm going to be interviewing Daniel Rosemond soon. He is the author of Death of the Public Servant. And I've posted about him before on my LinkedIn page a couple of times. So I do not know when this scheduled, those interviews going to be scheduled. Um, I'm trying to get it in the works. But I've asked uh, folks who are interested in asking a question of Daniel to record a message uh, using the platform that I, I hooked up for the, for the podcast And that is if you go to city manager unfiltered and hit the contact page, you can record a voice note, which that can then play for Daniel, your question, and then he can answer it. I want to I want to try to get you guys more engaged and more involved with the podcast. And that's one way I'm trying to do this. So if you really want to ask the uh, if you really want to ask Daniel a question about his book or his situation. Please record that question so I'll get it and then I can play it for him in the interview. All right. I do not know when that interview is going to take place, but I'm going to tell you that this is the last time I'm going to put it out there for you guys to give me a question. So speak now or forever hold your peace. And uh, until then, let's get on to the next episode. All right. Thank you. All right, all right. I'm Joe Turner, and this is City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. And I'm excited about today's episode. We're gonna talk about ChatGPT, and I have two guests with me. Uh, one is Micah Gaudet, deputy city manager for the city of Maricopa, Arizona, and John Wydell, the city manager for Whitewater, Wisconsin. Hey, Micah, why don't you uh, introduce yourself for the crowd since you've, you know, this is like your fourth time being on the podcast, maybe you would mentioned.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Joe, glad to be back here again. Um- Love the content of the City Manager and Filter podcast and glad to uh, participate again.
0: Hey, John, why don't you tell folks about you for those playing along at home?
1: First time caller,
2: long time listener, uh, city manager (laughs) in Wisconsin. And uh, before that, I was in the United States Air Force. And like you, Joe, I think I bring a certain sense of no nonsense to the profession.
0: I love it. I love it. So Mm. we got two military guys on the call. Micah, you have military experience, correct?
1: Yep. I was in the Army, yeah.
0: And I'm the only one who doesn't have any military expenses, but I, but I do have two kids who uh, served or is currently serving in the military. And your so kid in
1: the last podcast, your kid's killing it in that submarine stuff. That's My kid's impressive, a stud. Dude.
0: He's a stud, man. What I love a it. what a
1: legend! That's awesome. Good for him.
0: Yeah, I'm very stoked. And then uh, in the green room, guys, we're getting all super, you know, bougie, official here in the green room before we actually start recording. John, you were saying you were like what one of only a dozen or so city managers in the city of Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, so there's managers and administrators, and they're statutorily different in that administrators don't have the uh, hire fire, and they are the CAO, where city managers are both the CAO and the CEO. So slightly different, more advantageous, to be perfectly honest, power structure for the manager.
0: Well, I mean, only for you know dictators and no nonsense managers like ourselves who want to hire and fire people. <laughs>
2: I think it makes it easier for the mayor not to come in and suspend me for two weeks, if there isn't one, right? Like that article <laughs> yeah. I saw that you put out today.
0: Crazy! These mayors are out of control. These mayors are out of control. Oh man! And then Micah, I believe that you have a connection to Wisconsin. I think, right?
1: Yeah, I grew up in a, a town about an hour east of where uh, where John's at, and the Milwaukee area, and then spent basically my and then moved up north. In central Wisconsin, so born and raised Wisconsinite.
0: Well, I've never lived in Wisconsin, but I have visited a time or two. I used to live in Chicago. And so uh, a couple of times I went up to Milwaukee to catch a game or I actually did for the first time in my life. I'm not a golfer. Back when I was living in Chicago, I got invited up to, I guess, Lake Geneva it is, I think, a very beautiful lake. And we did a little uh, ice golfing, right, where they auger some holes in the lake and you just whack some tennis balls with a golf club into the holes in the lake. Do you ever do that, John? I don't know if that's a thing or a one-off or what.
2: You were talking about sounding bougie before at the golf course (laughs) that I live on. They do snolfing, which is exactly that. And it's grown men and women chasing around a tennis ball in the snow. My wife and I actually got married on Lake Geneva. It's a beautiful, awesome. beautiful community. Yeah. On a boat on the lake. It was beautiful.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, it's Wisconsin- awesome. This time of year, Wisconsin can't be beat in terms of the weather and whatnot. It's gorgeous. Um, got to deal with a couple of mosquitoes here and there, but it's it's a beautiful place. But then you have the winters and that's why I live in Arizona now. Come back so in February. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, I'm excited to have you guys both on the show. And the reason, uh, well, before we get into that, hey, Micah, why don't you give us an update of what you've been working on? I got to tell you, you know, uh, when we did the podcast a couple weeks ago, it was, it was a huge hit. I got more feedback from that podcast episode than any other thing that we've done. It was just been unreal to be quite to be quite honest, you know, and in that podcast, uh, we talked about maybe doing a, a, I challenge you to do like a multi-week comprehensive course or put something together. We asked for some interest and, you know, we had a lot of, I think we had like 80 people just sign a form saying, Hey, we're interested in learning more about this course. I mean, not that they're going to, you know, take it or not, but once you talk a little bit more about what you've been working on and, and what's going on in your world.
1: For sure, yeah. I also point out too, Joe, that you also have more one-star reviews after that podcast as well. So, who knows what the uh, what the feedback really is at the end of the day? But hopefully, hopefully, we can get better this 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 go around. No, I been it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, been continue to work on on my uh, on my YouTube channel at Gut at GPT, and post just different tutorial videos and how I'm using Chat GPT in ways that local government professionals can do that. In the end of July here, I got a couple of, of webinars coming up, one with uh, a group called SGR, Strategic Government Resources, that'll be, I think, the 25th of July. We're doing a chat GPT for city management webinar, and then we'll also have one with uh, Start, which is a, another local government collaborative group as well, too. Around, we're not, we haven't finalized the exact date, but probably sometime the end of July, and then we're doing a Doing a lot of work in terms of the uh, what I'm calling a master class for city managers on ChatGPT and ambitious local government professionals. So I'm, I'm building out that course right now, and it's, it's coming along really well. It's, it's been pretty cool and, and looking at different tools and ways we can leverage ChatGPT, ways that city managers can kind of take that next step and being more proficient just even things of of creating prompts right how do we create effective prompts to make sure we get the results we want how do we evaluate that how do we make sure that our data is accurate and that our output has the same standard as it would if we were creating it ourselves so really excited about that it's been fun and we'll we'll see where it goes
0: I'm excited for you, bud. I mean, I know people are starting to knock on your door and invite you to come. Do you like the webinars and maybe even speak? And I mean, I, I'm just, I know there's a lot of good things ahead in store for you in the in the coming months. And so I'm excited to see where this goes for you. Hey, uh, John, to get you back in the mix here, we started chatting after one of, after the episode. You hit me up and you said, hey, man, this is incredible. Uh, why don't you just kind of walk us through uh, your introduction on this whole deal and, and what, what have you?
2: Sure. Yeah. So I was sitting at my desk getting paid to listen to city manager unfiltered in the background of whatever I was doing. And well, the point is I happened to be at my keyboard and the point in time where Micah started saying, okay, here is the practical things you can do to get started right now. I, I really started tuning in. Not that I don't pay attention to every word you say at every minute, but I really started tuning in at this moment. And, uh, Micah described the website, so I hit pause and put in the website and then hit play and would listen and and respond, and I created an account and signed up, and I don't remember, well, I do remember exactly what my first search was. I don't remember what prompted it. My first search was, tell a department head that they're being a real pain in the butt, but in a nice way, and I (laughs) hit enter just to see what would happen. Just to see what would happen. And and what came back was very pleasantly written. And so I was like, okay, here we go. But I, I really started thinking about the things Micah was talking about in terms of what can we be doing in Whitewater right now? And how can I test the limits of what's happening here? And how can I start teaching myself the practical questions you have to input? Because one of the first things, and Micah, maybe you can comment on this. One of the first things I learned is what you get out of it is really dependent on the type of question you ask, and you can ask that question slightly different, the prompt could be different, uh, the way you input it, and then either upload a document, or at this time, I I was merely copying and pasting documents because I hadn't gotten to the point of discovering plugins. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I started working with it and and found immediate results in in terms of being able to summarize large pieces of content or give me uh, a different framework for thinking about whatever problem I was faced with.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: You know, so- I, I,
0: hey, sorry, Micah, I, I completely fumbled the ball here because I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of people before we got into this deal. And I, I was not as smooth as I wanted to be. But I will tell you, so John, he basically listens to the podcast, right? First time ever really doing anything with ChatGP, literally in that podcast. And he wasn't the only one, Micah. I got uh, Michael Campbell. He told me that uh, he started listening to the podcast and worked with ChatGPT that same day, essentially, right? And uh, he's a public works director in Virginia. Sorry. He says he's already used it for work about a half dozen times. And he already paid for the $20 subscription. He was like immediately on top of it on the ball. That's and uh, he loves same. it. He awesome. loves it. And then I have uh, a Christopher Gilbert. He's a township administrator in Hamilton County, Ohio. He says, Hey Joe, just listen to the episode about chat GPT and use it in an hour. Use it an hour later. Awesome. That's what he said.
1: That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I got another message from a, a county administrator. Writes, uh, listen to the podcast and utilize Chat GPT immediately on some sensitive items at work. This is one of the most, most useful listens I've had in a while. Thank you, and keep up the great content. So that was pretty cool. Um,
1: that's in, that's incredible. Yeah. So I'm curious too, John, as you kind of started playing around with with Chat GPT. Um, how much of a learning curve was it for you? Like how how quickly did you start feeling comfortable in using it and starting, I mean, were you, did you just go straight into real world examples and kind of stuff that was, was, uh, was relevant to what you're doing as a city manager in Whitewater or kind of walk us through that, walk me through that journey too. I'm kind of curious about that.
2: I dove right in, so I'm scrolling, awesome. I'm, I'm pulling up uh, ChatGPT, which I also have on my web browser on my phone, and I do pay for the $20 a month version. It's fantastic. Uh, I st- the, So the first thing I did was upload a policy that we had recently written. And this is going to be a complex piece of nonsense, except for technocrats to use tax increment financing dollars uh, that is now leveraged for affordable housing. So in the state of Wisconsin, you can extend a TIF district by a year, capture that increment, and then that money needs to go towards housing affordability, not publicly assisted housing, but to bridge the construction cost gap and and other gaps. Mm So I put in the policy we've been spending months working on, and then asked ChatGPT to not only summarize it, but then my follow-up question was to assess the strengths and weaknesses of that document. And then I immediately got mad at ChatGPT for saying that it, it perhaps might be a bit too restrictive and developers uh, might not exactly like all the different documents we were asking them for before they were- So you're on the mind. right track,
1: you're, you're on the right track then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: So, but I I think if you can use Google very well, there's not going to be much of a learning curve. You just got to get used to the fact that it's not a person. And that's one thing you've got to remind yourself of. But other than that, it's extremely Mm -hmm. useful to diagnose and assess, summarize. Uh, I've used it for so many, about 30 things I can think of uh, since I started working with it a, a week or so ago.
1: And what were your what were some of your expectations? Um, like, were you aware of ChatGPT as being a thing before the podcast? And kind of what were your expectations going into it?
2: So before going into it, my general thought to myself was that's some hooey or kabuki, <laughs> and I'm not really interested in that. And I guess to summarize what my police chief said, because I have talked to every single one of my department heads, sat them down and used a practical question in their department to to show the power of the tool. He pointed at it and said, that should not be free. And he said it in the way that a police chief would say guns should cost $50,000 a piece. He was very like, that is a powerful tool. And well, and the implication is we don't have a policy for it yet. I don't know if you do in the local government where you're at, but we don't have a policy that talks about its use, what's acceptable, um, maybe what information is not acceptable to input, you know, things of that <clears throat> nature. But uh, I said basically to, to answer the question succinctly, I sat down with every department head over the course of the next few days and we used our strategic plan as a guiding document and then showed how ChatGPT could help them think about that guiding document through the framework of their department. And that That's was incredible. a way to open their eyes into something that, that people who are who excel at being a police chief or excel at, at being a finance director, uh, it can help open their eyes to a different way of, of thinking about a document that they're not familiar with.
1: And how did they respond, too? Because, John, you have, you know, Joe, you mentioned before about the public works director starting to use it, right? Right. And so I'm, I'm finding that folks beyond just the typical administrative type of positions are finding use Uh, with this tool. So I'm curious as to, from John, from your perspective and from your department heads, as you went through this, how were, were they receptive to it? Or how did that, you know, what did they think in terms of seeing this? You mean, you mentioned what your police chief says. Um, What about your other departments? What were their, their takeaways?
2: Everything has been positive so far, which really did surprise me. That's, that Uh, actually
0: shocks me quite a bit. That shocks me.
2: I think some of it is framing, which is something we're all trained to do. But also, Mm -hmm. I also think ChatGPT delivers quick results in terms of perceived efficiency. My chief of staff immediately was using it to craft at least a first cut of press releases and social media posts. And I could do 10 minutes on using it just for a social media post because there's some repetitive, I think, flaws that you can work out of it. Uh, But that was the first area, using it to... Uh, write a job ad based on a job description you can upload a job description Mm -hmm. and say write me a job ad done something that would take 10 15 25 minutes of original time and thought content which is work and stressful and draining can be turned into reviewing a rough draft for polishing and editing and then actual production in the span of 10 or 15 minutes
0: so so john Uh like how how what what level of quality are you getting on that first draft return from Chat GPT, GB, and how much extra work is going in with staff on you know tightening it up?
2: That's a fantastic question. I think I've summarized the work output as high level high school work. Um, which I don't know how that fits with anyone's expectations, but I've, I've found especially on basic things, press releases, the who, what, when, where, why, social media posts, which are really just extracting time and date information. Uh, adding emojis and things of that nature. Uh, And then the using job descriptions or budget documents to do analyses is is pretty straightforward and can be very high quality. Where I think ChatGPT struggles is to answer some of the more nebulous questions. For example, I put in both Joe's and my resumes into ChatGPT and asked it various questions related to a job listing that is live right now. And it refused to answer definitively who was the better (laughs) candidate. No, it said, how the, how the hell does this guy have a podcast? <laughs> it's one star, no comment. That's what it <laughs> is
0: you know we know those one star ratings are auto generated. Those those aren't real people people. I mean those are those are fake one star reviews. Some China bot farm uh, is going after me. That's what we, that's what's going on.
2: <laughs> I think it can also be the start of high level teamwork meaning that mm-hmm. the first outcome is not high level, but we our biggest thing we used it on recently is the entire rewrite of our mobile home park ordinance and we used another communities as a starting comparable and then inserted our own language in areas where we wanted things modified more to match our existing Mm -hmm. and then kept using additions and modifications from different department heads to refine it. So it can also be a very valuable tool as a repository and a a refinement tool to bring things into a singular language and to clarify, concise, or you can ask it to write something aggressively. You can ask Mm -hmm. it to write something passionately. You can ask it to write something persuasively, strongly. It's it's very, very interesting.
0: Hey, John, so earlier you said that uh, you felt like your team was adopting it Without much pushback, and they're embr- actually said they they were embracing it. Actually, it was, you know, you weren't. There was no pushback at all. What do you chalk that up to? Because honestly, you know, when we when Mike and I first did the the first podcast, you know, there's quite a few chatter, quite a few people out there. There's a lot of chatter about negative perceptions of the technology and pushback on that. Why do you think that your team? Was embracing it so quickly? And can you walk? I mean, because there's going to be other managers who listen to this and want to, uh, you know, want to push this out in the organization. H- how do you? How do they get their staff to buy in? What's the, is there a secret sauce?
2: What I set out to do was not to force the fit, and so I segued into chat GPT, but using something that each department was organically already working on. I'll give you another example in a completely different area. Our GIS analyst, uh, who was recently promoted into the role, is working to develop a 90-day plan and a set of metrics and goals and and things like that for his area. And I was able to take a first draft of his work and sit down with him using ChatGPT and input that and ask it about the strengths and weaknesses of his plan and have that compared to, I then asked ChatGPT to draft a set of performance metrics for a typical local government in wisconsin for a gis analyst and had it spit out that data so what i I think is successful is translating it into something they're doing now don't create a new project to say hey we're going to try out chat gpt and to do it i'm going to start this whole new initiative it's bringing it to the level of where they're at another example is in same department neighborhood services but different subsection one of our staff added a quick ChatGPT generated a customer satisfaction survey to all the forms and applications that get filled out online. It was timely. It was relevant. It was easily applicable to something that was going to have to happen anyway.
0: I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a, that's a very astute, insightful observation. I guess it makes really sense when you think about it, right? Don't use the tool to create a new task or, or or requirement to, you know, as part of their job description or job duties, show them how to use the tool with their current responsibilities to make their life easier. And they're going to be more likely to embrace that. Right. I don't have any thoughts on that, Micah, Uh, because I know you said you, your organization has been using chat GPT. I was just kind of wondering if they're. I got the sense from our previous discussions about chat GBT, that you guys were individually proactively seeking it out on your own. I don't know if there was actually a rollout within your organization or can you elaborate on, on what your experience has been?
1: Very much similar to what John did, where I just brought people in my office and showed them this, showed them this. Then, you know, some people were already aware of it. Different people already had a level of awareness over it. So just people started using it after I showed them what they could do with it. I, I wasn't as, as a, robust as John did with having examples for each individual thing instead of just showed them whatever I was working at the time and showed them what the capabilities could do. And they just took that and and kind of ran from there. So adoption across all, really all of our our public safety teams here in the city of Maricopa is pretty awesome.
2: To that, I would add, you know, it really follows the fundamental playbook of management or leadership. Once someone created something using ChatGPT and sent it to me, I shared it with the group. Mm-hmm. Share those share those successes and show that other areas are really trying to make use of this tool and how it can be useful to them. My fire chief's mind was blown when I uploaded the five strategic goals for our community, and uh, one of them happens to be to build more single family housing. As a university driven community, we are about sixty five percent rental, which is about the exact opposite of a normal bedroom community. Mm -hmm. And and he was struggling to figure out how to make the fire department relevant to the goals. And I simply uploaded them, asked to make them relevant for a municipal fire department in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and hit enter. And it started talking about things like ensuring that all newly constructed units, whether residential or otherwise, but focusing on residential were constructed to code. And yep. when, it, yep. when our, our strategic goal talks about communicating without a newspaper because we happen not to have a large online newspaper dedicated to Whitewater right now, it talked about proactively communicating the things the fire department is doing with the business community, making sure that they're holding workshops for uh, residential homeowners about things that might be important to them. So, uh, again, I think you need to make it quick, relevant, and demonstrate that practical value to make someone want to actually open up the web browser in addition to everything they have going on in their life. Think about a question, upload the document.
0: So earlier, John, you talked about one of the keys to success was, you know, you sharing the work product with, uh, you know, generated by one staffer with other members of the team, right? And to kind of get the whole buy-in and so forth and so on. Have you also communicated or shared what you're doing on the chat GPT front with your governing body? And the reason why I bring this up is one of the things that we talked about, Mike and I, in our podcast episode was that, you know, city manager I think can get value with uh, generate value and demonstrate their leadership and what they're doing for the organization by, telling the, their governing body that, hey, our staff is learning this powerful technology, we're increasing our efficiency, we're becoming more effective, our work products uh, improving, so forth and so on. Have you had any conversations with your governing body so far with respect to this, or is this still a little too soon?
2: Both. So I've talked with some of my individual council members and pointed out examples to them of work product that's out there that has been used with ChatGPT as a, I'll call it foundational structure. We rarely just have ChatGPT create something and and churn it out. I feel like in a way you almost have to cite that. What's concerning to me is, and it's typically where I live, I'm a little out over my skis, you know, as someone in charge of a organization like this in that, that we don't have a policy and we haven't as staff really talked about some of the pitfalls you know, part of the, the thing I have to sit at my desk and I thought about was, well, under open meetings law, I'm going to consider these notes because notes like handwritten notes don't have to be kept. And ChatGPT doesn't keep any record, as I understand right now, of most of what's being input. So I think there's a lot of areas that haven't been addressed. And then the other thing that ultimately gives me pause is there is an article that occasionally drops about uh, a government somewhere that's either putting a moratorium on it or has uh, put out some sort of advisory notice ceasing its use. And so it's like trying to thread the needle of making use of this extremely new and fast changing technology, but also at the same time, we're a government and we are very used to being pragmatic and slow and developing rules and guidelines before we even get into making something work.
0: Very true. Michael. do you have any thoughts yep. on that? Because you're in a larger organization. You know, I'm in a small organization where this is not even an issue for us right now. What, 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 you know, With you being your organization of, of I think you're like 70,000 people, residents in your community, mm-hmm. what, what's going on on that front with your, this dynamic?
1: So the way I look at it is, you know, ChatGPT is a web-based tool, right? And we have existing city policies that relates to use of the internet, right? Or how we communicate or different... Tools and and policies and procedures on data protection and and how open laws work in the state of Arizona within their own code and things like that too, so I have a basically what I'm doing is I'm, I'm abiding by those principles. It to me, I don't it doesn't make much difference if I'm putting the question into ChatGPT or if I'm putting the question to Google in terms of the information that's being submitted to it. So uh, to me, I really don't see any any reason for us right now to have a policy as it relates specifically to AI it's because the data protections the use of the internet is already covered by existing city policies
0: interesting you know we've had some conversations on my LinkedIn page i've seen some people make some comments there's people posted stories about i think it was you know the state of maine that put the moratorium on uh chat gpt and some people have been a little critical about how fast maybe uh you've been wanting to embrace this micah they've been a little bit you know there's been a little pushback i'm I'm not i think it's respectful pushback it's true you know this is a uncharted territory which i agree but you know we've talked about me and my desire to have a private sector mentality i think you have a different approach to public sector work uh, than you know the traditional approach micah and Mm -hmm. What little I know from John, I think, John, you seem to have a similar sort of vein of of wanting to be embracing embracing change and technology and so forth and so on. and And I get the idea that we need to be cautious and that we need to be prudent, right? But how much of that pushback is people, I don't want to say that they're not exceptional or they're not elite or ambitious I don't want to say anything like that but how much of it is just too being too cautious and the classic you know just putting up the roadblock you know it's like I I feel like I have this conversation with city attorneys a lot you know where it's like you know help me find the yes all right I I, I know quit quit give me no and tell me why I can't do something every single time I open my mouth help me get to the yes okay I'm, I'm trying to get from point a to point b get me there you know so I don't know your thoughts on that
1: yeah, I mean, I think there's there's wisdom in, in being careful with what we're doing with it. You know, for instance, I'm not going to put in information that's, you know, personal information into the, into the chat GPT. Um, I'm also not going to put in maybe a, a working, you know, a budget that's not publicly available yet or give it that kind of context or things like that. So I am, I'm careful with what I put into it. I think it's probably wise to do the same. And so, really, my thought is, if I'm willing to put this into Google, I'll put this into ChatGPT. We already know that Google's storing information, and they're, you know, they're they're keeping information. That's you know, we already know that's the case. So, we don't know to what extent Chat, uh, OpenAI is doing that, but I suspect that they're saving data and and using that for. You know, there's a there's a reason why it's free for the uh, for the police chief of Whitewater, Wisconsin. There's a reason why it's free, and it's not because they're benevolent. I I just don't you know. I don't see that being the case. They're there to make money and I get it, right? So being careful with that is really, really important and being careful the data you put in is important.
2: I'm I'm with you, Micah, and, and I people who know me, I am not the guy who comes in uh, slowing down or trying to stop things. What I will say is I'm also not concerned about the employees that are going to go above and beyond necessarily. Some of the things that quite honestly give me pause are instances where this might be used the absence of decision-making or in lieu of decision-making or chat GPT could be used to avoid doing what might otherwise be necessary reading and research and that necessary drudgery of some of what we've all experienced through various levels of academia and and in our work life, which is the dreaded 350 page packet. And we are very, very close uh, through chat GPT where you can put that document in, and you can ask it to simply give you summaries of very specific sections, or or bandwidths of pages, or even mm-hmm. uh, key agenda items, and say, "Summarize this agenda item. Should I vote yes or no?" And that oh. stuff starts to give me pause. I, I hear
0: sure, you. Sure. John, I hear you on that. <laughs> And right now I hear uh, a bunch of city managers who are listening to this podcast saying, man, if only I could get my governing body to put this in a chat GPT and go to the meeting prepared. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, It's a crazy frontier we're on, man. And I I guess the the larger point I want to make, and I think you guys are on the same page, but I want to give you a chance to respond, is – I don't think we can put this genie in the bottle, man. I don't, there's nothing's going to stop it. So, so to me, it's just like, we can, you can be cautious and you can use caution and prudent, you know, being prudent as a sort of cover to absolve yourself from not embracing this technology and learning it. But you're only fooling yourself really in the grand scheme of things. And I I really think if you're listening to this, (laughs) you better start and get up to speed on chat GPT. I don't, am am I wrong?
1: I don't think you're wrong at all. I think what I mean my thought is this. The train is gonna leave the station, right? The doors are closing, it's about to leave the station, and you can sit on the side and watch the train go past, or you can get on board and help steer the train. And I I wanna be the one that helps steer the train. I think local governments are positioned very well for this because I mean to me I think the local governments are are a system of our democracy where we are responsive to the needs of the community, we are adaptable, we are agile. And so we can help steer this in a way that makes sense and provides a value for, for the community and for um, for communities across the world and across the U.S.
2: Totally agree. And I think it's just a matter of, it's probably months because if, if I've already thought of it, that means someone has thought of it weeks or months ago. And, and that's, organizations like uh, Municode and other groups are, are going to find a way to develop either a plugin or, you know, in in my perfect world, there'd be a way for local governments to, to link up through ChatGPT to explore their own code. But ChatGPT could literally get in the business of writing best practice codes based on analyzing what's going on in your region, or you could pull from uh, geographically similar communities from an entirely different Area, so so I agree that the train has long left the station, and I think it's just a matter of time before this world starts to get sub-organized in ways that make sense for all sorts of organizations, with local governments and government in general being one of
0: those. Hey, hey, John, you know this is kind of a nice segue because. Um... We had a we had a, a LinkedIn message exchange about a week and a half or so ago, and you talked about how and I don't want to put your friend's name on blast or anything like that, but you had a friend who kind of went from skeptic to hmm in like a span of like thirty minutes or something. Can you walk walk us through that experience?
2: Yeah. So this person is actually uh, works in the city of Whitewater and is our. Uh, <laughs> oh, you are, IT oh, so director. you are you are so on blast. blast <laughs> And uh, we we went to school together. We're both NIU alums. So shout out (laughs) to all of the MPA grads out there from NIU. We're out there doing great work. And uh, yeah. so I started texting him. I I sent him, literally the first thing I did was send him the level up link to the podcast. And I said, I'm going to do a real dive dive on this.
1: That's awesome. (laughs)
2: And then I said, I put in the five strategic goals we have for the city, and I told us to write it a plan, and I'm going to send that to you. And this is, we actually have a plan, but I'm just trying to do some compare contrast to it to assure my elected officials who aren't listening that I'm not using (laughs) to run the organization. Uh, But he wrote wrote that he's concerned, uh, reliability and trustworthiness, it's only as good as the data being referenced. And I wrote, I'm a big skeptic, that's why I'm testing it. And then I sent him a link. He, he wrote back, that's pretty good, actually. And I, I, I could tell it had flipped the switch and I had talked to him the next day. And, and we just, we continued talking about it. And part of it is that the conversation really started centering around some of that consulting work, some of that hmm. stuff that organizations need to outsource in terms of, and ChatGPT is getting there in terms of analyzing data sets, creating diagrams. But yeah, I, I, sorry, Tim, not trying to put you on blast. But uh, he, w- that's my point. You can go from being a non believer to a believer by finding a relevant way to show that this tool can provide value to you during the day. In the middle of the day, you can find a way to make this tool valuable in a way that saves time. So you can get on to other things.
0: Well, you know, and that's the, that's yeah. the big, there's a couple things on that, right? Because John, I don't want to, we don't want to gloss over the fact that in that text exchange, you stated that, Hey, I'm a skeptic too, right? So it's like, Hey, I'm a skeptic too. It wasn't like you were going in already converted and, and trying to convert this guy, Tim. Hey, Tim, shout out to you, bud. Uh, he owes you lunch. All right. Um, but, you know, so you got, you were a skeptic and you were, you know, just excited by the technology. You, he was a skeptic. He's excited about the technology. Right. And we talked earlier about how you went on and started learning literally during the podcast and you quickly acquired the ability to play around with it and produce something of value, right? So the barriers to entry here are next to nothing, right? Literally, you just got to take some time, invest it, and you can be proficient. Maybe proficient is not the right word, but you could start actually delivering value to your organization. Man, that's a, that's a, a great story. And then this is actually something that blew me away, John. And I think it's going to be relevant to Micah since Micah is, since he's the deputy city manager over public safety for Maricopa. You shared with me a story about how I think it was your police chief. I think it was your police chief that was doing some translation of documents into Spanish or something with chat GPT.
2: Sure. I completely forgot hmm. about this. That, this is how much I've used chat GPT over the last several <laughs> weeks. So, so,
0: <laughs> so hold on. Hold on. Well, so one of the things that blew me away you already forgot about because you've moved on to other things that are blowing you away with chat GPT. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> so one of the things about Whitewater is we're about 30% MLL, multi-language learner. And that's important because as an organization as ourselves that typically communicates using standard channels of communication and in modern English, that makes it quite difficult for up to 30% of our population? How do you communicate your strategic plan or, or any of the, the things you have? And, and police especially. How do you make those contacts and those connections when language is a barrier? And before we plug this into Chat GPT, uh, our primary way of dealing with that is we use a, a company called Propio, where you can call, you can pick up your phone, you call them. They do, I think, 48 different languages. Number two is Spanish. You hit two, you get someone real time who's like, hey, what's up? What do you need? And the officer says, hey, the, I'm a police officer. They've got a, a ID. So those conversations get separated. I'm droning on. Point is, it's very hard to translate things from English to Spanish if you don't have a dedicated translator. And in a small local government, we simply cannot afford that. So my police chief on a whim said, hey, can that thing speak Spanish? And I said, I don't know give me a relevant document to to your department, make it short and I will plug it in. And he called downstairs and within minutes, he stayed in my office. We plugged it in, I had it spit it out, I copied it. There's literally, that's the wonderful thing about ChatGPT, the little copy button. Then you just go to whatever you're doing, you hit paste. There's some formatting quirks, but those become easy to work out. And then we sent it to someone who typically translates our items and the number accuracy was 98%. There was over oh, 290 wow. some words. Wow. Yeah, 290 some words. 297 if I'm if I'm perfectly accurate in my recollection and there were three direct errors but they were misusings of words like the an and and this translator said they had absolutely no problem getting the basic content of the message and these errors they they pen stroke them and and made suggestions and it was basically the the result was this is a totally workable document from that perspective and you could publish this and we get made fun of almost no matter what we do. So a slight mistranslation of three percent on something like that is not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna bother me if the message is getting across for thirty percent of our community that we otherwise weren't able to reach. Micah, that, that blew me
0: away, Micah. Sorry to step on you, Micah, but that blew me away because we'd even talk about that in our podcast. And I mean, the thing is is we went through a litany of stuff that you can do. And it's still just scratching on the surface, man. I mean, there's just so much you can do with this. Tech. It's literally your imagination is the only limit on really what we can do with GPT, it seems like.
2: Well, now I'm curious if you can plug that into the AI bot and get it to spit out a video in another language, because that would be really interesting. And that's just something that popped into my head, seeing some interesting. of the stuff that, that Micah has been working with.
1: That's a really interesting idea, too. I was going to say, too, John, going back to kind of your comment about it producing high school level output, right, especially for press releases or, or things you're putting out in the public, um, we don't necessarily want a strategic plan written in a college degree level format, right? I think typically I think the standard is about eighth grade level, I think, if my, if my memory serves me correct, right, because we want it to be accessible to everyone. And so, to me, that's one of the actually a benefit of Chat GPT is it's putting it into phraseology that's accessible to all of our residents, regardless of education level.
2: I see Joe fist pumping. I I would echo that. I typically write in a professional level tone, and I I don't know what am I trying to toot my own horn here, but also with non passive sentences one of those people who Mm -hmm. always use the readability statistics in microsoft word to just zero in and i have many times input something i've written looked at it thrown it into chat gpt and simply written simplify this and it can do a lot to really help take dense thick materials like a budget document or a strategic plan or an ordinance for that matter which is your your whereases and your whatnots Mm -hmm. and your now therefores Mm -hmm. and and turn it into something that someone can can read in under three hundred words and actually digest. I think that's a fantastic. So it so in this case it becomes a, a a strength and not a weakness.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just a great point, Micah. You know that's something that I have to even work on myself because I tend to be wordy and I tend to be a little bit uppity with my language. I don't try to be highfalutin or anything like that.
1: Uh, but I have a strong all like, vocabulary. All that California in you. No, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far.
0: I'm trying to get get it out of me. But, you know, I've even read about, you know, from copywriters and stuff for business purposes. Like, you know, you should not be writing above, like, you know, a seventh, eighth grade level because it just, you know, it takes away from the reader's ability to comprehend or to process the information. And ultimately at the end of the day, you're not trying to demonstrate how smart you are. You're trying to convey information. You want the information to be received and acted upon or, or what have you. So that's a very good point uh, that you make there, Micah. Earlier, John, you talked about how, oh, you could go on a 10 minute little, you know, diatribe or whatnot about, you know, using it for social media and things of that sort of nature. I want to, I want to segue in a few minutes to more conversation about how City managers and public sector executives listening to this podcast can use ChatGPT in their personal life, right, for their professional purposes, as far as for career advancement, things like that. But is there are there any other topics or things that we haven't covered that maybe that you want to expand on? While we've been going through this uh, conversation, I know we've kind of bounced around a little bit, but
2: at, at the risk of outing myself, I have that uh, I, I did write I, I did write uh, some a, a wedding ceremony using ChatGPT. That's awesome. <laughs> For for a good dear friend of mine that I'm, I'm going to scrub and it's not going to be exactly that, but I did I'm really just trying to stretch <laughs> wait, the limits hold, of what this thing can do.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Wait. So wait, this is a best man speech or what is this? This is, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> my,
2: uh, my roommate from college, shout out to Ed. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> and his beautiful bride, Lauren. We had a, a virtual meeting to discuss their upcoming wedding and, and they've asked me to officiate that ceremony. And of course I, I said, yes. How can you say no to something like that? Are
0: you licensed? Do you have to get some sort of certification or an ICMA I CM credential? What's, what, what do you need to do this? Uh, I, uh, I, yes, yes.
2: yes. So we have to get dues every year, and and to take a. a to, to, if someone wants to catch a stray, like ICMA, this this organization has done nothing for me since I've gotten my my ordination or whatever we're going to call it. it. It it took about five minutes, and it I used the same place my buddy used who are, who, who officiated my wedding. And it's, it's an online, it's ULC.org. It's the, yeah, it's the, what is it? The Universal Life Church. So I, you may be starting a podcast. I'm starting a wedding officiating business. I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's Powered awesome. by ChatGPT. Chat so I did, uh, I, I asked, I asked him a bunch of questions, you know, based on my own experience, shared memories. How did you meet? Likes and dislikes, uh, you know, names of family members. And, and a few days later, I, I got a document. It was about a page long, but bulleted. So not a lot of content. I think it was about 300 words. And I pumped it into ChatGPT, which I guess is could be disrespectful, I guess, in, in many ways, and asked it to turn out a, a wedding ceremony. And then afterward, I, I looked at it and said, that's nice, but I guess now I need some vows. So I asked it to turn out some vows. And I looked at that, and I said, that's cool, too. Now I need a little ring ceremony. And I just continued moving things around and editing <laughs> it. And then uh, I sent it to my wife and was like, I'm done. How's this look? You know, wh- what are we thinking here? And, and she's reviewed it, and uh, she says she can tell that it's a little artificial, that it's not me, I suppose, to, to wrap it up here and let you guys ask any questions
0: you want. But I'm going to well, keep you... working on it. yeah. It's a base. It's a base foundation for a starting point. That's all. You're going to put it your is. personal flourish on it.
1: For sure. This might be one of the first weddings powered by generative AI. That's so, incredible. Yeah, so if they want to send me That's anything, incredible. that'd be great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So as far as other professional stuff, I, I would just say I, in the city of Whitewater, we've used it to review and draft a couple of policies. We've, I've used it to match job candidates up against a... Uh, Job description that we have, you know, we we got down to interview candidates, and then I pumped all of them through to ask ChatGPT about how the candidates compared. Uh, we've used it for some of our strategic planning to help manipulate information or or get new ideas. Uh, I've used it to evaluate some of the feedback I've gotten from department heads on those. Uh, I've reviewed plans that department heads have put together and assessed the strengths and weaknesses and asked for feedback. And then I literally had it draft. I I, I took an existing facade improvement program and asked it to create an entirely new section using a few specific prompts and numbered in order using the correct format. It turned out, it turned the grant program into something that also has a, uh, I'm sorry it turned the loan program into something that now has a matching grant component and it inserted it wow. right into the framework of that document and then I moved it back within the the large document so there's I think there's a lot of things and it took some prompting to get it to spit it out the right mm-hmm. way but it generated new content and it did it in a way that flowed within the existing document.
0: Hey John so you know like okay, I want to pivot here in a, again in a second on the whole personal use of it and and for professional purposes right but kind of like kind of bring this thing full circle So, we talked about how you rolled this out to the organization. It was embraced. Uh, They were, you know, they're very receptive to it. What do you see your role now in, or what do you see sort of like? Is there an organized structure to this as far as you're not forcing, obviously, employees to use it per se, but are you trying to move the ball forward in any way? Are you planning on? Uh, having them <laughs> plug, I'll plug Micah's course. Are you planning on sending him to Micah's uh, multi-week conference? Of course. I mean, in all seriousness, what is the plan of attack at all? Or is this just all an organic self-discovery experience? I'm just kind of curious to get your thoughts on that because obviously you see the power of it and you like it just kind of, where do you see it going within the organization?
2: Well, I'm very type A and I also bring that military. So at some point I'm going to want a standard operating procedure for anyone who's picking up this tool for the first time within our organization to be guided in a way so they don't have to replow the Oregon trail or whatever metaphor you want to pick here, do all the work that I did to teach myself of the prompting and and the articles. And so uh, Mike, I think this is somewhere where, where someone like you could fit in perfectly and that's having that toolkit for local government prompts for city clerks, uh, prompting materials for building and zoning uh, you know, re- common ways this tool can be used, and then some examples. It's certainly something that I know I'd be willing to participate in as, as far as generating a, a community of, of content. And if that doesn't happen, I know internally my chief of staff and I are going to work towards putting together maybe a three, four, five page document that breaks down the how to get started, how to make this applicable. And then certainly really what you want is something so you can tell someone that this can be a tool and then put something in their hands to guide them through it. Whether it's our own small version of a podcast, maybe it's something that we have chat. You think chat GPT will invent its own methodology of teaching itself for us. That might be something I try and explore next.
0: Easy. Are you trying to put Mike out of business already? (laughs) (laughs) Dude hasn't even got started yet.
1: (laughs) Oh, there we go, Joe. Good girl, retire now.
0: Oh, man. Okay. Hey, so let's segue to now uh, a little bit more for professional development, career advancement and whatnot. You know, I don't want to steal your thunder, John, but you had a pretty cool observation about using chat GPT for researching future positions that you might be tr- applying for, right? For the city manager, if they want to apply for a position in the city that maybe they could use chat GPT to read uh, past minutes or agendas and what have you. Do you want to expand on that a little bit?
2: Sure, very briefly, I just got the ideas. you and I Not, were, not by the way, dating. not that
0: you're not that you're not that you're looking for a job to be clear for any any governing body members who are listening to our city manager podcast, you're you're very happy where you are, okay? <laughs> I, I, so I'm
2: most definitely definitely not if if CMA wants to catch another stray. I'm still a member and I'm under my 2-year commitment.
0: So, I, I... <laughs> It's self-reporting, by the way. Uh, it's it's all it's uh no one's coming after you unless you got some uh, someone with an axe to grind, right? Yeah, I gotta watch out because you know all the one stars coming after me. But you're good, you're you're fine. No. Okay,
2: Whitewater has everything I, I could want. Wisconsin's got all the lakes and and hiking and camping you could want. It's a university community. It's 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 beautiful. So to for, anyone for, listening,
0: yes, for the record, to the Whitewater governing body, the only one in this podcast who's unemployed is me. <laughs>
2: Well, and that leads to this, that's another segue right back to where we were going. So I was chatting with you on LinkedIn, and then I thought, I think I asked you for your resume. And I told you exactly what I was going to do. I was going to take a prospective job that is currently available in Wisconsin, and I was going to throw both of our resumes in against it and see what happens, ask it some questions. So what I think is extremely valuable to anyone in the field is if you're looking to write a cover letter, or even quite honestly if you're really on your game, you probably have slightly tweaked resumes for each of the mm-hmm. jobs you're going after, whether that's economic development or city manager or administrator. Chat GPT can really help you key in on the words you want to be using, the type of uh, things you want to be mentioning. And if there's any gaps, you know, I, I spent a lot of time asking for gaps and it pointed out things in both Joe, your resume and my resume that didn't quite align with the job posting and things that both of us could do or try and highlight in our cover letters to um, gloss over isn't the right term but you know what it's, it's about right. highlighting your strengths and minimizing put yeah, your best foot forward weak. correct yeah. so yeah. I, I think there's a lot of value in being able to quickly align oneself as a candidate with the expectations and quite honestly if you're ever in federal work they've been analyzing people's resumes and cover letters on a word-for-word basis up against job descriptions for many, many years. So I think this wave is just going to start hitting local government by virtue of being able to do that with ChatGPT. I literally asked ChatGPT, hey, I want to upload a job description, and then I have two candidates that I'm interested in. Can you help me? And it said, yes, upload the job description. Then it asked to upload candidate one. Then it asked to upload candidate two. And it assessed both of our resumes' strengths and weaknesses right out of the gate. It was a, a, a beautiful thing to do. And I think it helps anyone who's who's aspiring to, again, shape themselves against the market, which is really what the interview process and the cover letter and all of that is about. Is about getting yourself in the door in a way that's going to get someone to give you an interview.
1: That's incredible.
0: I want to expand on that a little bit more. You know, that's a big point, not chat GPT related at all, but I think a lot of times, uh, you know when people managers are, are interviewing for a job they forget that third goal is to differentiate themselves from the other candidates I, it's very simplistic and i think sometimes we just lose sight of that but you know your job as a candidate is to differentiate yourself and draw a contrast between what you offer, what you're going to bring to the table, and what the other people who are competing for the job uh, bring to the table. So I think uh, obviously using chat GPT in this context can allow you to have that stronger presentation about what your skill set is, right? Because if they're looking for X, Y, and Z, and you're not talk- if you're not talking about X, Y, and Z in your resume, your cover letter, you're going to have issues. You know, so Micah, you know, we haven't really talked much about personal job search or uses for chat GPT since our episode. I was wondering if since that period of time, you've had any revelations or insights into anything on that line.
1: Yeah, Joe, I used it to prepare for a vocal stress test and it worked really (laughs) well. (laughs) just kidding.
0: (laughs) Oh man, you guys are killing me. Uh, Oh man. Uh, what Micah's referring to, I'm a I, well, everyone should be listening to all my episodes, but if you're exactly, Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. you yeah. need to. This is a you know, you can't just skip a you can't skip an episode, right? You, you got to watch them all or listen this to is them like all. like a
1: web series that, that yeah. all connects together.
0: Keep it together, yeah. people, keep up, right? Uh, but if you have not listened to the previous episode about uh, Canfield, Ohio, Micah was uh, talking about a recruitment there where a city manager candidate was given a voice stress. Uh, analysis to determine whether or not they were telling the truth or, or whatnot. So.
1: And Joe, and I'll to be honest with you, I haven't really used it in terms of my own professional development. I've been using it more on the hiring manager side of things. I'm I'm quite happy in Maricopa and treated very well. And this is a great organization to work with. So I've had no desire to to polish up my resume anytime soon. So mostly on the other side of things. Oh, boy. A lot of brown nosing going on right now. I don't know. Is, is your <laughs> boss listening to this podcast? <laughs> Everybody listens to the podcast, Joe. Come on now. Hey, John, go ahead.
2: And, and I know Mike is very happy, and so am I. And, and Joe, we know you're looking. I got asked just three weeks ago as a matter of an introduction for a, a, an event associated with the, I believe it was the American Legion, to pump out a bio, which I hadn't done in quite some time. And there's a very relevant, real way ChatGPT could be used. Cut and paste that resume in there. Drop yep. in your LinkedIn profile. Say, hey, I need a quick bio for this event. It highlighted the fact that I had veteran experience. It, it pulled oh, wow. some things out. So I think whether you're, you're happy in your, your current role or not, I think there are ways that as professionals, we can use it in an HR setting and in a way to polish and, and help smooth our own path Forward, it it's helped me write first cuts of my own press releases, first cuts of my own documents, things I plan on saying in public in the future. So not just on the job search side.
1: And Joe, something I'd add too, because I know we have you know you have some listeners that are you know looking to take that next step in their career as well too, right? So maybe they want, maybe they're a department head looking to become a city manager, or they're. Um, a deputy city manager who for some reason wants to become a city manager, right? There's some things they can do too of saying, okay, here's where I want to go. Chat GPT, what am I missing in the resume? What are some things I can do between now and then to be able to help me get to the point where I'm a, a more a viable candidate for that that dream job that I want to have I can kind of give you an action right. plan?
0: Well, you know, to expand on what John was saying, right, about comparing his resume to mine, I mean, clearly we're, you know, we're equals, you know, than that. <laughs>
2: ChatGPT couldn't decide that's what it. Said.
0: <laughs> but But in all seriousness, if you are an aspiring city manager or say you're a management analyst or whatever, you know, how about you get the uh, resume of somebody who's already in the position that you're seeking, right? They're usually publicly available or you can get some from maybe someone you, you know or a colleague. And like you said, you know do that compare and contrast, right? But compare where you're at now to where you need to go in order to you know develop you know a stronger resume so you can compete for those positions, right?
2: Totally agree. ChatGPT could be the tool that takes a document that is produced by one of these aspiring people, turns that into an article for a professional magazine, which turns that into a presentation for their local or regional professional conference. And so one of the other things I've found is, is in the same way you can take a video and edit it, to a 15-second blip for TikTok, or you can put the whole thing out on the local Spectrum TV channel, which we still have in Whitewater, ChatGPT can be used to extrapolate, reduce, and, and manipulate this existing content in a way where through one document's creation, you've set yourself up to create an arsenal of other tools that can only broaden um, your reach and, and perspective and getting other people to absorb that information.
0: Yeah. And you know, I would even say if you're a city manager listening to this, right, you can even use that to help uh, burnish the image or, or profile of your elected officials, right? To some degree, right? Or write in a bio for the website, uh, the, the, the city website, you know, bio. I see a lot of city yep. websites where there's yep. no bio listed for the elected officials, or maybe you have an elected official who's getting ready to go to a community event and they need you to put together a quick little blurb for them or some talking points. I mean, I, there's a lot of things that you can do to help yourself professionally um, within the organization. I'll as well as outside the, on an external search for another position or what have you. So, you know, we're coming up on the end of the hour here. Uh, Mike, I don't know, you have any parting or final comments before we wrap this up?
1: No, I think it's just, John, that's incredible what you're doing. Great work there in Whitewater and excited to continue to watch watch the journey over in uh, in Whitewater, Wisconsin.
2: Thank you so much, Micah. And I can say I'm equally excited to learn about the things you're going to do as far as putting together uh, professional toolkits for people such as myself and and in the field. I know I responded, shameless plug for you, I responded on LinkedIn to that survey asking uh, how what I might like to see and, and how I found this useful. And I would suggest that people listening to this podcast do it as well because it's our community of local government professionals and, and the way we get better and the way we uh, overcome some of our own challenges is by working together to create and shape this content and then share it with one another.
0: Yeah. And I'll put links to that that interest form in the in the show notes. Michael, I'll put uh, links in the show notes to your two uh, webinars or engagements that you're currently working on with the uh, with SGR and Civic Start, I think it is. Is that the other one?
1: Zip start. Yeah.
0: Zip start. Yeah. And, uh, Hey John, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed this interview. You know, uh, you're, you're a cool guy. Uh, I love to, uh, when I'm in your neighborhood, come up there and, and, and go out to have dinner or something like that. I really enjoyed it. I had no idea what to expect with you on this podcast. I wasn't sure if I was going to get some Wisconsin cheese head. I couldn't understand or what. So, uh, you've been awesome, man. I really, I really appreciate having you on the podcast. Thank
2: you so much. Back at you, Joe. I want to say that for all these city managers that listen to you speak and think to themselves, I'm glad someone's out there saying this and I'm glad someone is engaging in this way on our behalf and and bringing us together. Uh, Thank you so much. It means a lot. You are... Laying on a barbed wire fence, my friend, for the rest of us. And I I do appreciate the content and the manner in which you're bringing it. I think it's, it's inspiring confidence and it's causing people like myself to take a step forward and to really engage with not only the profession, but also the content that you're producing. So thank you.
0: Thank you. That really, that really sincerely means a lot to me. Uh, Cause uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's a little scary at times going into the uh, employment market with uh, with uh, some of the things I've been doing and saying on LinkedIn or on the podcast. So uh, obviously it's uh, there's some trepidation, but you know um, I've had nothing but really great feedback except for those drive by one-star reviews on uh, the Apple podcast. And uh, it's really been awesome. You know um, I've just been able to make a lot of really solid new relationships, friendships. I hope you're one of them, John. I mean, this is our first real interaction here and, and uh, Mike and I, we'd never met. If if it wasn't for LinkedIn, we wouldn't know each other. And you know, it's just been a very amazing experience and I wish more people were experiencing what I was experiencing right now, as far as developing these relationships, these new friendships. So thank you guys very much. It's been a blast. I hope the folks who are listening to this podcast got value out of it. They feel like they got something substantive. I, I know I did. I think if you have a pulse and you have an IQ north of two, you should have gotten some value out of this podcast. It's just been a wonderful evening spending it with you guys talking, and thank you so much for your time. I'm uh, Joseph Turner with the City Manager Unfiltered podcast, the podcast for city managers uh, and other public sector executives, and uh, until next time, see you later.